said, you motherfuckers is crazy. I said, I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. And now for our feature presentation. Since it's just a time with a kickstand. Thinking of a plan to get quick bands. Falling in deep with the quicksand. Flag on my ass, no quick brand. I was packing on the pound, got my weight up. Hot beef in the streets, had to stay here. Betty Crocker showed me how to bake a cake, bro. Doing that put everything I love a steak, bro. Since it's just a time with a kickstand. Alright, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Life As I See It, the podcast. I'm your host, Jers, aka Life As I See It, episode 82. Uh, we got C in the building, Gert in the building. Uh, and another week, of course, you know, we want to also just always remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and on Spotify. If you're subscribing on Spotify, I'm sorry, if you're subscribing on Apple, make sure you give us a rating, make sure you leave us a comment. Uh, be sure to go to our Patreon for the visuals. So that's going to be life as I see it backslash i'm sorry i'm saying everything backwards today <laughs> it's going to be patreon.com backslash life as i see it podcast um and subscribe to see all of our visual content um and you know make sure that everybody's buying your candles at luxcollectionllc.com um i just made a new shipment um and uh the candles smell great they last so make sure you shop it for your smell goods and your candles on, on LuxCollectionLLC.com. Now, um, this week, uh, I, I want to start with um, something that's really kind of been going on forever. Uh, we speak about it often when we talk about bullies and the biggest bullies in this country. And um, recently, we kind of saw an example of a particular community just bullying somebody. So I'm speaking about Damon John. Uh, Damon John, he made a tweet based on what Minister Farrakhan's uh, words were at the DMX Memorial. He said that, you know, it was beautiful that, you know, what he said, it was- Hey, you got it? Can you read it uh, exactly? Absolutely. The exact quote. Absolutely. Um, so while I, I'm going to pull it up, but before I pull it up, I'm going to just uh, summarize it. But essentially what he was saying was, um, you know, he was impressed by, you know, what, what Farrakhan was saying. It was a beautiful message. And, you know, I, I really didn't think that there was anything bad that he said, but let me go ahead and actually um, pull it up for you so I don't butcher his words. One second. All right. And um, just for those who may not be familiar with who Damon John is, um, he's he's most famous for Shark Tank, right? So um, this was his this was his initial tweet. He says, oh no, that's not the initial one. This is the apology. Hold on. And he the nigga from Fubu. Yeah, I would say Fubu, because <laughs> that was kind of like yeah, he yes, nah, <laughs> nah, he know more so from Shark Tank than Fubu. He though. is, but he's wow, like, right? 
You today. Gotta, yeah, today. Hey, I tell you, I tell you some funny shit, something similar to that. My daughters, my daughters don't know who The Rock is, but they know who Dwayne Johnson is. The funny shit. Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah, he been Dwayne Johnson. So wait, they never smelled when he but, was. Yeah, cooking? never. But nah. I, I could believe that, but he but he doesn't go by the rock in his yes, he does. The rock, the no, Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's what he goes by. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is what they say. Yeah, but if you don't know what the rock is, that shit means nothing. If you never seen no, he's been out of wrestling. He's been out of wrestling longer than uh in wrestling. So there's a generation yeah, right. of people who have no idea. Who the rock is. To him, well, he never smelled since, that nigga was cooking. Since we're talking about that, right? Um, this was a few years ago, but um my little brother, I we were talking one day and we were talking about Tyrese, and he was like, Oh yeah, I forgot he sing. And I'm like, What? Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, it is it is pretty crazy. Well, you can forget that Tyrese sings because he does so much other things that don't really correlate with singing. Like, but that we wouldn't forget that though. We know that he does other things, but we know Tyrese for singing first, and then he started the whole acting and everything else that he was doing. That's that's just my point of what I'm saying. That's what he's saying with his daughter. Yeah, did y'all wear football? No, I had some football. I had some football. Crazy. You was a rich little kid. <laughs> Nah. Was for Stop rich it. kids and niggas yeah. that ain't know no better. Nah. <laughs> nah, I had some football. You had the fat album football too, didn't you? No, sir. I did not. I had the flat the I platinum the five jersey. The platinum joint. No, sir. <laughs> no, I said no. <laughs> did you roll no. your pants leg up like I love? Definitely that? did. Uh yes. And, and put his hat not to the, the back. Oh my no, God. but <laughs> but not, the, not the not the jeans though. I did do the sweatpants. Now you did the jeans. Yo, I didn't do the jeans. Yo, you ain't no. shop at sweatpants. Now you, know nah, you went everything. Hundred percent. Now nigga went no, everything. Nigga, I, I'm I'm telling you something. Not buying it. <laughs> but you know how big your pants was back in the There's day. No you rolled them up. Yeah. That's nasty. That's nah, a big you roll. Got, no, the scrunchies. That's like the fat nigga cuff. Scrunchies at the. The scrunchy sweats at the bottom, like them, them sweats. Nah. Put the one leg up with them sweats. Nah, I think you did oh, your okay. overall pant leg too. The long... Nah, you had the Fubu jersey with the overalls and one leg rolled up. And let, <laughs> let, let me get you out there somewhere, my nigga. Let, let, let me be clear. And a hoop I didn't do the combination. Like I didn't do the jersey, the, the Fubu jersey, and the one pant leg up. Like no, these are two separate times in life. Like I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you. I, I, I'm just telling you. Know, you know, you're gonna have to summon the internet team, something like that. But now, if we if we want to let the jokes fly, then have a blast. But definitely, if we want to keep the truth, if we want to keep the truth, nah. then no, who cares about the truth? <laughs> the hat backwards, the Fubu hat, the Fubu hat backwards. <laughs> the Fubu hat is nasty. The jersey. That's a net inside a nasty the overalls. Hat. One pant leg up. <laughs> One pair like and a hoop a, earring hoop, to top it off. Hoop earring <laughs> and uh, some good, good kicks. Your kicks was the only thing that was right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, who do you think I am? (laughs) (laughs) That was a nasty fit you described, yo. Hey, I know who you are now, but that was a time in your life. Nah, man. That, was a, no that is disgusting. That was the that's time a, in your a, life, man. You cleaned up. That's a nasty. That's a nasty fit. <laughs> and you cleaned up well. Nigga clean. My nigga turned into a black king after that. You know. <laughs> that's when. Hey, yo, that's why he got the man crossed off. That was the black man shit he was doing. He leveled up, turned into a black king after that. I see you. Oh, I see how you, you yo. put it together. <laughs> Ooh, boo. Won't go back to that man shit no more. Black King now. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. That's funny. That's funny. It All right, nasty. See. Yo, see, please take it away. Damon John. Please okay. read his I tweet. Forgot. I forgot what we were, but okay. Um, Damon John had tweeted um, about... Uh, Minister Farrakhan's speech at the DMX funeral, and this is what he said. What a powerful speech from Minister Louis Farrakhan for the DMX funeral. His deep understanding of the Bible and respect for other people's religions was truly inspiring. RIP DMX. Um, Would you like me to read his apology? Yeah. Um, Yes, because Uh, that sound, wait, hold on, before you do that, we, do we agree? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Go. Does that sound? My fault. Hold on. I want to just ask. I just want to ask the question. Based on what his tweet said, Gert, did you find anywhere where someone could be offended about anything? I, do you think it was when when you, just real quick, just just real quick in the no, bottom? No, no, absolutely not. This is why. Okay, we, see, see. Hold on. No, see. Did you find anything that he said offensive or? could be taken out of line or anything of the sort. Yes. Okay, cool. Now that's fine. Now read the, Wait, no, read the, I want to know what now. What what no, did we you... gonna no 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 because we we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. But I just wanted to get your takes first because after he said this tweet, he it apparently he was pressured to take it down because he deleted it and apologized. And this is what he said. So see read read that. In regards to my tweet regarding DMX funeral, my comments on Minister Farrakhan were only related to what I just witnessed tonight. Unbeknownst to his prior stances, as someone who was fortunate enough to have a stepdad of the Jewish faith, I do not condone and would never condone any anti-Semitic prejudice or any remarks of hatred. The prior tweet will be removed to avoid further pain and confusion to anyone who has felt hurt in the past by any negative comments of piss. Okay, now, um, I'm gonna start with you, C, because um, you you said that in his initial tweet, you could see how it could potentially be taken away. So just kind of explain your overall position and how you feel. Okay, Um, in the tweet, he says, his deep understanding of the Bible and respect for other people's religion was truly inspiring. When he just said, if he would have said his deep understanding of the Bible and respect for the Bible or for Christians was truly inspiring. He said other people's religion. So when you say other people's religion, you are talking about 
things that he said in the past because you're broadening that out. You're you're broadening it out. So um, it wasn't specific. Wait, wait, let her finish. Let her finish. It wasn't specific to the Bible, which is why people took offense to it because in the past they have seen, they have said that Minister Farrakhan has said some anti-Semitic things. So if you're saying that he truly um, respects other people's religion, you one would say he probably doesn't. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm saying that I can see how people could feel like he is he hasn't respected other people's religion in the past all he had to say was that was a great speech um that he did or whatever he didn't have to go in to the him respecting other people's religion he didn't have to put that extra piece on there all he just had to say was that minister Farrakhan delivered a great speech and i don't think he would have gotten so much backlash it's the part where you try to say that he's understanding other people's religion because he said some things that could be taken um that could be offensive to other people that's all i'm gonna okay. say so gert your your interpretation of everything is what he has never said anything about others religion um you cannot find any statement where he says anything about another religion um that is a false narrative that is being driven and painted from jewish people um i would say i but there's no, there's nothing you can find where he says anything about another religion. So um, that's a false narrative. And if that's how he felt, um, those is his boss. Like that's how he felt. Uh, Damon, whoever. Uh, Damon John. <laughs> Damon John. <laughs> yeah. Um, he felt how he felt and it, it was based off of something. So um, it's Googleable for whomever out there. No one is able to produce a clip, a snippet, a speech of Farrakhan saying anything about another, the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan saying yes, I'm sorry. anything about another religion. He does talk about people in religions, uh, quote unquote, misusing uh, religions, but he never said anything about the religion itself. To clarify a little further, he has specifically said that he's not anti-Christian, anti-Jew, anti-Muslim or any of those things, but he has spoken about evil Jews in particular. Mm -hmm. So he's taking, he's taking um, not the whole Jewish religion, but he's saying within the Jewish religion, there are people within the Jewish religion that are evil, and he has called them out specifically. Not all Jews are evil, all Jews are bad. That's not his speech, but and, it is often it all is often jumbled together as and hate speech. My fault, Jersey. I don't mean to cut you off, but he also sent an open invitation for anybody who wanted to sit across from him and speak about it the same way they wanted to sit across from Nick Cannon and speak about it, um, a invitation in which no one um, took that 
So, um, you know, but see what you wanted, what you, you had something. Yeah, because when you say he spoke, he's speaking about, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I agree or disagree one way or the other. Um, but when you're saying that he said, um, like, okay, like he said things about me, about hateful Jews or whatever, there's hateful people in each community. There's, there's like hateful Christians, there's hateful Muslims. Like, so when he's speaking about the Jewish community, some of his verbiage can be seen as being anti-Semitic. That's what that's what I'm saying. He is is consistent because he speaks about no, because I don't listen to him that often. And I don't know what can be viewed. Let me just say this. All right. I don't know what can be viewed as anti-Semitic. If you're just talking and you're saying your views about a specific person, I don't see how that is anti that person. I can see if you are specifically saying that all of these Jews or all of uh, like all of these like specific you know all of the catholics all of the muslims are like this or whatever i can see that being a form of hate speech if you're saying all so if they get offended by that you can't tell somebody else what not to see he's never said all there's no right i don't but i'm not saying yeah i'm we're saying i'm not Okay, but this is what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying that he's he's saying all. I'm saying if he like if you're saying all, I can see how someone gets offended by that. Right, but that's if you're offensive. Talking, to say all okay, would be me, offensive. Let me put it in a situation. Let me put it in our situation. All right, it's just like if you're saying that someone is racist. If a white person is talking and they're saying, "Yeah, well, those." there's some hateful blacks or something or or the blacks in the ghetto are are animals that's racist speech towards black people whether you're just saying a specific subset of black people the blacks in the ghetto there's some blacks in the ghetto that are that are considered animals or whatever we consider those animals that is hate speech towards that group is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's saying this, but I'm saying that you can't be mad at how other people take what you're saying and how they feel about but it. But see, this, That's is, all this is not, here's, here's, but wait, hold thing. up, Jerry, real quick. This is not a case of that. Uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan is a sp- specific person, right? And he chooses his ver his words extremely carefully um and he has been for quite some time um at, at 40 over 40 years right so we can't say it in a different instance if it was somebody else who talks and you know doesn't choose their words as carefully we could say well this or it could be that but I and I, I, I do um, I I have listened to a lot of his um, you know I don't want to call them sermons but uh, speeches speeches or yeah. speeches um, and I, I'm gonna be honest I've looked for flaws in them I, I've actually looked for flaws in his um, speeches 
and I've found none. Um, and the people who are accusing him of hate speech and anti-Semitic, and I want to address the word anti-Semitic too, but all of these people that are accusing him of things are not provided any evidence of it. So they're not saying, hey, look right here. This is him doing it. They're just saying, hey, he did it. And if anybody stands next to him, you're canceled. And anything you got going on is canceled. And, and let me add to that. Let me add to that. Because he has, to your point, he has been consistent. He has been consistent in whomever he speaks about or whatever he talks about. He has been consistent in terms of saying, like, even, even when we speak about people in general, right? Because, see, you gave an example of, okay, if somebody says, you know, Black people in the ghetto or they're animals or whatever the case may be, the thing about people is there are people, for, to make it simple, it's good people, it's bad people, right? And you have people who may be doing bad things or whatever the case may be. If you are speaking to that, because that is actual fact, like you have evidence of these individuals doing things that are wrong or evil or hateful or whatever the case may be. If you refer to that based on evidence, I don't consider that to be hate speech. I consider that to be you pointing out something that someone has done. And that's what he has done. What people do is they take his words because sometimes it's with aggression or whatever the case may be. And because he'll maybe single out a certain sector for a certain particular moment within his speech, they'll take that clip and misconstrue it to create a narrative of he hates all Jews, he's anti-Semitic. And they can't do it. We saw it with his latest, with, with his with the latest thing when he um with, with DJ Vlad. And Vlad took his words out of context and said it was anti-Semitic and all of those things. If you go back and if you listen to the entire whatever three minutes or whatever it is, there is nowhere in there where he says what DJ Vlad was accusing him of saying. So people take his words, they jumble them up to fit a narrative that they've been pushing for so long because in particular, when we speak about the Jewish community, they have a lot of power in this country and they operate like bullies. Now, even me saying what I just said, they can potentially take that and say, I'm anti-Semitic. But just because I'm speaking what you may consider to be unfavorable, if it's true, if what I'm saying is true and you have operated in a certain manner, then that's not anti-Semitic. That's not hate speech. That is simply stating the facts. That's my individual position. But Gert, what do you want to say? No, yeah, this has yet to be a clip or anything. You had said, you know, they took, they have yet to take a clip of him and put it up and say, hey, this is him doing it again for the first time or anything. They just throw accusations around and um, that's it. But I, I, I want to touch on how y'all feel about the term anti-Semitic. And what does that mean or your definition of it or what that looks like? Well, I think anti-Semitic, well, you know what? All right, so you're asking our opinion. So forget what the definition is. Mm -hmm. Your opinion. Okay. My opinion when I hear anti-Semitic would be 
Um, when we when we think about anti-Semitic, we think about the Jewish community, and I would I would interpret that as someone who hates Jews and continuously expresses how much they hate them and don't like them. And hate, and I say hate in particular because anti-Semitic holds that type of weight um, as, it as, as it relates to hate. So I interpret anti-Semitic anti, uh, as being someone who is hateful against Jews. Okay. Period. Real quick. See, I'm gonna ask you the same two questions, but uh, a follow-up question to that one, Jers, is in your opinion, who would you consider a anti-Semite? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, see, same two questions. What do anti-Semitic mean to you? And who would, in your own opinion, consider anti-Semite? I think like uh, being anti-Semitic is just not, I don't think you have to hate them, uh, the Jewish community. I just think that you have to spew hate speech and what they deem to be hate speech. I don't think you have to uh, exude, I, I mean, just exude hate speech or, or a false narrative about them or to say something that um, they deem is incorrect. And uh, I don't know, right now it's anti-Semitic. I mean, I don't, Hitler, I don't know. Hitler, <laughs> I, I think, no, no, no. I think, yes, I think like, that's probably, yeah. Yes. That's the only person that I, I would know. No, I'm probably. just saying off the top of my head, I don't have a, you know, I didn't do a deep dive with that one. No, no, ahead. you're probably right. I would agree. I would I would say Hitler. I would say Hitler was hateful towards a group of people. Yes. Now, Gert, the same two questions to you. What do you think anti-Semitism uh, is and who would you consider to be an anti-Semite? So to me, anti-Semitic is nothing more than code word for all Jews um, to know to stay away from this person once you get labeled that. Um, they, they came up with a term to where once they call you it, everybody knows to stay away from you and not to do any business with you. Um, and that's just crazy to me. There's no other group of people, I mean, other than whites, uh, being labeled racist, but you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but um, that has a term like that, or, you know, uh, maybe homophobic would be in that category too, but um, it, it, it doesn't enforce the same power that anti-Semitic is. And I don't know, Hitler's been dead or missing for however many decades. So if that is the only person that we can put in that category, then why is that word still being thrown around today? So let me say this. Um, since we gave, you know, our own definitions, I just want to read what the definition of it says. So anti-Semitic is defined as relating to or characterized by feeling or showing hostility toward or discrimination against Jews as a culture, racial, or ethnic group. So if that, that's, that's, that's a big web, in my opinion. That's a very wide web because um, 
it's so much weight behind that word and the backlash from being labeled an anti-Semitic person is so great to where um, I don't see any, I don't see any disconnect or yeah, I don't see any disconnect from just flat out discrimination because if, why wouldn't it be discrimination then? Like you can be discriminative, uh, discriminative against anything, anyone. You can uh, show discrimination and why isn't it called discrimination? Why is it called anti-Semitic? Because I feel like anti-Semitic is just so such a, um, a harsh way of, of, uh, of addressing it or, or referring to it. So I just think that's a really big web. I mean, hostility or discrimination towards Jews as a cultural, racial, or ethnic group I don't know. Uh, to that, see, you say what? I get off of here. Um, I mean, the Jewish community, what happened to them didn't even happen over here. It's the Holocaust, right? That did not happen in America. I just feel like the Jewish community um, takes a stand for themselves and they uh, hold people accountable. They hold people accountable for what they do and what they say, more so than African-Americans, which is why they get a word like anti-Semitic, which is why we don't have anything as strong and, uh, you know, something as far, we don't have anti-Black or anti-African-American. We don't have anything that is anti-us. It's just like racist or whatever. It's just like a big umbrella or a discriminatory discrimination, you know? I feel that we uh, could learn actually something from them um, by holding people accountable for their racist acts and for what they say. Because unfortunately, when you do things to Black people, you are not held accountable. They don't care. So, I mean, let me let me ask you this. Do you, so. in your opinion, do you feel that Jewish people as a whole operate and conduct themselves as bullies gang in America? Shit. They own a whole lot of gang shit. I don't necessarily want to call it gang stuff or, or bully. bully. I'm saying bully. Yeah, I don't. But I don't want to call it that. I want to call it holding people accountable. That's what I said. Like, because I don't think that it's more so of a bully tactic. It's more so of a un like your unit your unity. Like you know, you're unifying your your whole movement. Like you have a specific agenda in which you want to do and how you want to hold people accountable. So I feel that <clears throat> us as African Americans, we need to do the same thing. I don't think it's bullying though. No, I just think it's just holding people accountable. I respect people who band together and stick together and stand for something. I respect that. And I'm not even mad at any group of people for saying, no, we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to hold you accountable. I'm okay with that. Whatever group of people, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is the fact that the reason why I say, well, I'm saying that I believe that they operate as a bully is because um, they force people to, okay, so Gert said, if you're anti-Semitic, that, that basically is code for, we're not gonna fuck with you, we're not gonna do business with you, we're not gonna have any ties to you because we're gonna just put you over here and leave you by yourself and, and encourage everybody else to do the same. Um, 
And I think that I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I think that is a bully. I think you're forcing people to uh, subscribe to your way of thinking and your way of thinking only. And if they don't, you better make them, they better apologize. And if they don't, we're never going to deal with you again. And I think that's very bullish, especially in a country where you said we, the Holocaust did not happen here. It happened in Germany. So if it happened in another country and we're now operating in America where it's supposed to be land of the free, we understand like all of the, all of those things aren't necessarily held up, but based on the ideology and the idea of what America is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a place where you have free reign of thought, uh, freedom of speech, all of these different rights as an individual, you have the right to disagree or to agree to disagree. Whereas in other countries, you it's a, it's a straight dictatorship. You can't speak out against this. Women can't wear that. So I think in America, you have the freedom to have a difference of opinion. And I just think that too often, that difference of opinion as it relates to Jewish people is always interpreted as anti-Semitic. And I don't agree with that. But Gert, what are your thoughts? Nah, they, they bully shit is up there with the police, man. They are a gang. They own a whole lot of gang shit. I don't knock it. That's because they own a lot. They own well, a lot of things. And if we own more things, we could be bullies too. And we could be a gang too. It's like holding so, people accountable. You can end relationships with people who do racist things, who speak out about Black people. You can do that too. It's, I just think- But what you're saying, that, see, you right. Like you, what you're saying yeah. is not wrong. I agree with what you're saying, but that don't change it from being what it is. Like, I don't think that it's bullying at all. I think it that absolutely it's just is. Like, what they did to I Nick don't. Cannon, they bullied Nick Cannon. What they did, they did to not. Nick Cannon did not have to do that. Nick Cannon yes, he, wanted to no, do that. No. If Nick Cannon could stand on his own two feet and not go back to but it's not, wilding out, Nick Cannon it's, could not have see, done what that you and missing, still have been successful. What you're missing is you're right, right? What you're saying. He could have, but other people would have suffered for his decision. And that's where the bully culture comes in. Okay, I never got to do Wild and Out again. But I, so perfect example is uh, I say something, say, say this podcast, uh, lucrative business, and we all making money. I say something and the money stops coming into this podcast. Now I can apologize for what I say and we can continue to make money or I could stand on my square and fuck up y'all money. Um, that's a... It's not, what, what, it's not fucking up our money though. What I'm saying, it's just, this is the thing. If wait, you see, believe in what you're saying, if you, if you firmly believe that this is what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying, I'm not going to be like, oh, Gert, you need to apologize. Yeah, but no. you, you're looking at that from your yeah, perspective. Yeah, we're talking about you. Yeah, you only you're talking looking about at you. it. We're from... talking about the whole, we're talking about the, the playing right. field. The playing field says this. this. Is the his playing whole... field but says... wait, there's Hold a on. difference. There's this. a difference between being right and righteous, right? So sometimes you have to, it, 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 it's a balance between being right and righteous, right? I know I'm right. I can be right. But if you look at, you know, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, but the Joe Button podcast, um, they could have stopped the show or 
But hold on, stay on par. Stay on par. Man. Stay, stay. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it was a look, great analogy. Well, no, because like speaking about this in particular, and it, I mean, see if you disagree, you disagree. But what we're talking about is the playing field, and we're saying that, yeah, like like I said, I don't want to you know regurgitate too much, but like you said, I mean, it you can choose either or. But where the issue comes into play is why should people, I do believe that people should be held accountable for the things that they do. I'm not in disagreement there. And that doesn't matter what the category is. So I do believe that people should be held accountable for the things that they do and say, because that's just the responsible way to carry yourself. However, I don't feel that when you look at the playing field and you say, okay, we own all of these things over here. We own Viacom. We own this company, that company, whatever the case may be, the music industry, whatever. And if you say one thing that we even interpret as being anti-Semitic, not only are we going to call you out and say, yeah, you're canceled or whatever the case may be, but now we're going to talk to everybody else in the industry, all of the connections that we have within the industry and say, you know what? This person don't rock with us. So I, I'm not going to rock with y'all if y'all continue to rock with them. So now you're affecting other people's money, not just their particular business or their particular show or whatever, because you can call that person out and that can be an exchange. But now you're essentially blackballing them and forcing them to say, operate by our rules or we're going to stop all of your money. And I don't well, agree with that. Well, I no. see nothing wrong with that. Well, I see nothing wrong whether, with that. Whether, whether, but wait, that's, like, but that's, but wait. Hold on, hold on, girl. Hold on, hold on, hold on, girl. Hold on, girl. Go ahead, explain yourself, see. Because it sounds like y'all hating on no, us. Like my thing that's why I wanted I to clear up. Hold up, girl. I want to clear up my stance. Whatever, stand. I'm done. But wait, see, I, I just want to clear up my stance. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just calling it what it is. I don't care how people choose to operate. All I'm saying is call a spade a spade. That's where I I draw my line is I don't agree or disagree. I'm just saying, nigga, that's bullying, period. So you could choose to like it, dislike it. I don't care if people like it or dislike it. What it is is bully culture, period. That's just my stance. I just wanted to clear that up. But go ahead. And I agree with that. That's why I was saying to you, see, it's okay if you disagree. That's fine. Like, that's your position, and that's how you feel, and that's okay. I agree with Gerd on this, and I think that it is bullying. So, I mean, we can disagree okay. to disagree I just think that, that it's just power, and we give them too much. Not them specifically, but everybody has so much power. That's all I got to say. No, they do have power now. That that we, I mean, that, that so you also can't get mad at how somebody uses their I'm not, power I'm not mad. to make sure that mad. they're on top. No. No, I'm just we, saying like see. any in any course of business, that's their power. That's their choice to do what they want to do with the power that they are given. We it need to choice. get our own power. That way we can be bullies but and we can do fine. things that's, like that. But we don't saying, have that. See, but see, you're saying you, what you we saying. You can't say that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you said we can be bullies. So you would be agreeing that they are bullies. We're saying that they No, I'm not saying. I'm using your terminology. So I don't think that they're can bullies. Can I ask I don't, you I don't, what I would you consider bullying, C? What I consider bullying is someone picking on someone because they can. Like, you're smaller than me. Not that you did anything to me, but you're smaller than me. So I'm going to take something from you because I can't. That's bullying. Okay, so wait. When they don't even need it, 
but they just take it because it's an advantage for them and they could do it. Okay, so when you look at Wild and Out, uh, Nick Cannon is smaller than the Jewish community. They took his show because they could. And no, I don't think that Nick Cannon did something in order for them to do it. I'm saying if Nick Cannon was just on his show and Nick Cannon did not say anything about the Jewish community, if he did not even say anything about the Jewish community and they just took Wildin' out from him, that's bullying. But Nick Cannon did something, so they reacted to what he did, is what I'm saying. Let's That's leave it not bullying. Okay, so wait. Let's I, leave it I, there. I, Let's leave it there. No, we got to move on. No, we got, no, Gert, 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 please. We got to move on. Let's leave it there because we, we don't got that much time today. So let's just leave it there. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna transition to um, the Joe Button podcast, like you alluded to earlier. So, um, for those who don't know, um, the Joe Button podcast, they, their two members had not been a, a part of the show for a little over a month. And the two co-hosts that weren't there, they just returned this past week on the podcast. And the general consensus was they were going to explain why they had a riff with Joe Button, why they weren't there, what their position was, what their, why they did what they did. So we have spoken about it on this podcast. And um, what actually happened was Maul told how he felt about it. Rory said how he felt about it. Um, when we spoke about it on the podcast, Gert was saying that he felt that Maul is probably someone who feels that he not only helped build the platform, because we all agree there, but he was so significant to where nothing should have been, no move should have been made or decision should have been made without him. And he explained that that's exactly how he felt and why he felt the way that he felt. Um, I'm gonna play just a small clip just for people who might've missed it. This is what Maul said. I, I understand the whole, the show must go on thing. I mm -hmm. get that. That's my next question. But my thing is, th th does the show go on without trying to resolve something first? Or does the show go on after you try to resolve? And you seem like, all right, this is just, we're not gonna be on the same page. We're not gonna be on the same chord. Cool. Let's just go our separate ways. It's not, we're not enemies, but you know, this it ended. Cool. Mm. That happens. You know, you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I felt some type of way about that because to me, it's saying something. Mm. You know, what I'm saying it's saying like, yo, you're replaceable. And that maybe, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. You know, what I'm saying like, I don't, I don't ever look at myself as bigger than nobody or, or less than anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm saying so. Yeah, you can get somebody to sit here. But my thing is, as a friend. It's certain ways you handle things. But okay, cool, I get it. Pod, record, do your thing. But to me, I would never do that. Mm. Like I would shut everything down and be like, yo, like I said, because it's not like we're just some random people that just met, you know, at a game or something and just decided to do something. Like it's friendship. It's, it's years here. It's no history. It's, it's real life shit that have went through together. S six weeks would have been a long time to not do anything, by the way, though. Who said it had to be six weeks? This could have been resolved in a week. Every time he say it, I'm a, I'm a fine issue. Why? With him saying the show should have stopped. Why? Explain. Well, I dedicate my entire life to this. End statement. This is not something where I come in here twice a week and talk for a few hours. My entire life's work lands me 
here. What are you talking about, day one? I don't view the days the way that y'all view them. This is a life series. Okay. All of the yesterdays, let me get my shit off. All of the yesterdays got to today. When it's your life's work, you don't leave it that way. You don't just leave it to chance. You don't just leave it up in the air with some of the ways that the three of us have handled communication. You do not do things that way. That's how Joe views it. The show has to go on. I don't have the luxury of sitting in my feelings. I don't. All right. So, um, all right, Gert, based on what you heard Maul say, what is your take? I believe he got uh, every reason, every right to feel that way. Um, it, it's from his perspective. And that's the thing. Everybody has their own perspective. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent is how you feel. Um, now, you know, I don't think many people would agree with him in his thing. Or maybe they might. I don't know. But um, it, 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 it's so the the part of where I could agree with him is if you're saying this is our show and we're building this platform to get, you got to pick and choose. It, 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 I think you go back kind of like to the record label shit, right? Where you had CEOs and presidents of record labels running around saying, yo, we family. Uh, until it's time to cut the check and then it's a business. It's either it's a business or we a family. But being black and having, you know, I believe black people put family first. So it's misleading to people when you say we family and then, you know, on the back end say, nah, this is a business and I got to run my business how I need to run my business. It, 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 it's misleading and it's confusing. So that's just my opinion on that. See, uh, what is your opinion of the situation? I don't see how there can be any confusion when the name of the show is the Joe Button Podcast. There's always, uh, he's the draw. Whether he wants to say that it became more popular um, when he got there or they started picking up speed when he got there, um, that might be because more people just so happen to start paying more attention. I don't think one person brings people to a show. I think it's a collective, especially when you have more than one person on the show. But I do think that um, I agree with what he was saying as far as like there should have been a conversation. I guess maybe he should have spoken to his co-host about, I guess, whatever was going on. But as like from what I got, I think he told Rory not to show up. And then Maul was like, who are you to tell Rory not to show up? I'm the person who owns the podcast. So I can tell him not to show up and to take a couple of days off because he needs that. I do not have to talk to you for him to, to take a couple of days off. That shouldn't be something that we should all have a round table about. That's their separate relationship. So I just feel that maybe he could have said what he said a little bit more respectfully, I guess, to his friend. But 
I didn't see anything wrong with him continuing the show because other people got to eat. Other people can't wait because you feel a certain way about how he said something to you or how it was interpreted. Okay, so now look, in Joe Button's defense, what he said as he was explaining it, he said after he told Rory, sent the text to Rory and told him what he told him, don't come in. He said immediately, he hit Maul, yo, what are you doing? This was on the weekend. Yo, what are you doing? Um, I, you know, I, I, we need to talk. I want to chop it with you, yada, yada, yada. Maul said, all right, cool. Whatever happened, Maul never, he never got back to Joe. They never had the opportunity to have the conversation, but Joe extended the olive branch to say, yo, we need to talk. And he didn't respond in a timely manner. And so as a result, the show must go on. As a result, Joe does have a business to run and he continued to run it as regular scheduled programming. And so he had to plug and play where he saw fit because everything had to continue to run. But Gert, what is what is your, because so, I see you want to respond to that. Yeah, there, there's, you're touching on a lot of different stuff. So uh, see, what you're saying, it is the Joe Button podcast. Would you feel different if all of them were the same people and it was called the Rory podcast, would you feel different about that? Joe Button still being why everybody tuned in, but the name of it just happened to be the Rory podcast. What I feel, I would feel like Rory would have more control. Yeah, because it's his podcast. Yes. Okay, so what if it was called the, what if it was called the Friends podcast? then everybody has creative control because just like Charlemagne's podcast is called The Brilliant Idiots. It's not the Charlemagne podcast. It's not the Andrew Schultz podcast. It's a name that is nothing, nothing to do with the individual itself. When you put your name on something, that's your brand. But what if we... It's just like Pepsi. I, I agree. <laughs> I, dis brand. I disagree with that, right? So my thing is when... when a group of friends are sitting down together looking for names. They are just looking for names, right? So we no, say- No, but it wasn't a group of friends sitting around looking for names. It was his podcast. It was something that he created from the bottom. That's why he said, this is not just everything. Like he was just saying, like, basically, this is not a job for me. This is a life for me. Yeah, but that's like, my where- My life revolves around this podcast because when he, even when he, back in the day when he had Joe Button TV, he was documenting his life. He did that. Yeah, and but so now when he started his podcast back in like 2011, 2013, he started it with Rory and Marissa, but then it, it he started it. It wasn't, oh, I started it with my friends and we tried to come up with a name. No, I started my own podcast. Yeah, I would disagree with that. And I asked y'all to be, I asked y'all to be a part of but, it. But see, you're assuming. That's what happened. He started No, y'all are assuming, y'all are assuming that's how the conversation went. <laughs> I just said, okay. <laughs> so if if I'm, it, it's about equity, right? And building equity in a, in a product. And if someone is there from day one, building equity then it, it, it it's hard to you know um and i i i it, it, it there's lines that yeah what be, the fuck what this i'm saying is <laughs> we start something from the beginning okay the fuck is going spit it out it's that fubu outfit <laughs> That football outfit coming back to haunt me. 
But what I'm saying is yeah. when niggas is building <laughs> equity, right? Lines can be blurred where I'm thinking is this and you thinking is that. And it's a simple conversation to have. But if Rory was there from day one and we started this together day, day one, it, it, it'd be a tough sell that you you trying to sell me. I don't have as much equity as, you know, related to be. I don't think it's that. I think it's more about they have a contractual obligation to show up two times a week and record a podcast. This podcast is a culmination of all three members and all three have their rightful place on the platform. But you're saying Joe now, Biden, Jers. Wait a minute. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is what we're talking about. We ain't talking about later. No, no, no. I mean, we ain't talking about. But No, listen. Let yeah. me explain my point. What I'm saying is they have a contractual obligation. So if you sign a contract, that means you are agreeing to the terms. I don't know the specific terms, but listen, I don't know the specific terms, but I do know that part of the terms is you have to record when we record because these are the podcasts that we do. Now, he is the creator of the podcast. He is the one who makes the decisions because they are following his lead. He is the leader. And yes, they all should be treated with respect, no doubt, but he is the leader. And as the leader, when he said what he said to one of his co-hosts, the co-host actually agreed and was okay with not coming to work. The other co-host decided, I don't think he had the right to tell him not to come. So therefore I'm not going to show up because I'm going to stand in solidarity with him. And what Joe's position was, Yo, me talking to Rory has nothing to do with, with what we have going on, because not only did I reach out to you to have a conversation and maybe we could have had a better understanding initially, but on top of that, you have an obligation to be here too. So you have a responsibility as your one individual self to, to, uh, to uh, fulfill your contractual obligation. You chose to do something else and therefore I made the executive decision to make other moves and plug and play as I saw fit because this ship has to continue to run. It's not just us three. We have cameramen, we have, we have engineers, we have all different types of editors and people who all play into this. So Moore was saying, I think y'all should have shut it down and stopped everything. He's saying we can't stop this machine. This this machine is operating. That's, if you don't show up to work, that's your not, job is but not that's, that's bullshit. Like, so what you're no, saying, it is, it is bullshit because they're not recording this week. They're shutting the podcast down this week. So because they've decided together collectively that everybody is going to take off, and it's a decision that everybody is in on and they have a chance to prepare for. You telling me that I need to just shut it down because. I, uh, I ain't coming. It's like, well, wait a minute. How are you saying that you're not coming? And we all collectively are a part of this. If you have a contractual obligation. Yo, you keep bringing up that, contract. Like you, you keep saying because, girl, the contract, if, 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 the contract. If, if, but in the con niggas don't listen, give a fuck about contract, contracts. Yeah, but that's their, that's their separate issue. That has nothing to do with what's written in stone and what's by law. So what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. If in the contract, you have vacations uh, already mapped out in your contract to say, okay, throughout a 52-week year, um, we're, we're going to allot for three weeks out of the year, however we break them up to where 
will be off of work, then because we don't know the terms. I'm just giving an example. Yeah, we don't know the but, terms, but let's I'm, just say, but wait, 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 wait. Because you asked the question, how can they not be reporting this week? And I'm saying I didn't oh, say how. Know, take- I, no, I, 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 you were saying that they can't take the time off because the show must go on. No, they could. Right. Contracts are contracts. So they can do what the fuck they want. They wrote the terms of their contract. The thing I'm saying is in, in building equity into something, right? So when, when you start, it's niggas just start delegating jobs. Yo, my nigga, you the what's the name for now on? Yo, I'm the what's the name for now on? Niggas is just handing out jobs, right? My thing is what, what, and I'm only speaking, I understand Joe Button position. What I'm saying is in Rory and Maul's defense, right? And the reason why the show went on was for Joe Buttons to show them, y'all not as valuable as you think. Nigga, I could plug anybody in these seats. And that's why Maul had a problem with it was because, nigga, I built equity with you. Rory was there from day one building equity with you. So for you to be that brash and say, you coming from an artist standpoint, you know how the labels do. This is why he was talking about shaking the tree. I understand shaking the tree, but he was saying, nigga, y'all don't know what the fuck y'all doing. It's, it's, we're building something together. And that whole shit was to show everybody where they really stand now, right? So for you to say, oh, I know I started this shit with you. I know you've been here from day one, but nigga, I'm the boss now. I'm invoking my boss shit. I'm the boss, you just the employee. So if I'm just an employee, then I need to start acting like an employee. It's when you saying, there's a whole bunch of lines that was blurry prior to them having this whole shit that may not be as blurry. That's the only thing I'm saying. So I believe all of these niggas had the right to feel however they felt, but gotta call a spade a spade. Like if, if I'm there from day one, then you can't just, when you feel like say, nah, nigga, you ain't shit, nigga. You just the employee now. And I think that's where Maul's stance was, was this nigga been bidding with you from the start. And now you just want to tell him he ain't shit. So I'm gonna ride with him because where do I fall in that? You telling me I ain't shit? Because I ain't even been here as long as this nigga. And I'm supposed to be your man. But if you tell this nigga who been riding with you from day, it's, it's sacrifices, right? So while none of them was getting paid, everybody was sacrificing. I might have had a business meeting over here before there was contracts. I might have been able to go get a bag over here, but I believed in your dream and I canceled shit and I didn't do shit to help build this. And now that we got money coming in, because I was doing this shit for free. But now we got money coming in and you telling me, oh, nah, shit has got to be ran a little different. Oh, you not really the nigga that built it with me. You just my employee. I can understand what niggas can feel a certain type of way. That's all I'm saying. I can't because that is what you just said. His dream. That's his dream. That's not. If that was your dream, then you should have made sure that you should have had deep equity in it in another way. You should have made sure that your name was on there. My thing is, 
it's the main attraction. The main attraction is him. So the show must go on. The show did go on. And I don't care if people think that they're not replaceable, but guess what you are? Everybody is replaceable. And that's where people get confused with friendships and stuff. You don't bring that same energy of loyalty to business. There's no loyalty in business. There's none. So you just need to do what you have to do as an employee. And if you d didn't know that you were an employee, everybody else is telling you that you are an employee. He was going to the business meetings and bringing back the, the paperwork, telling y'all what was going on. He does this. He creates these shows. He creates these different avenues, which makes it a hot podcast or which, which makes it a movement. I don't understand how they could not get that. I, I just think that that's male. I just want to put up because me being a... Oh, I just want to put a button on this because I do want to move on. I just like we can. I, I just liken everything. Oh, a button. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Um, I just I liken it to any job. You have a job, you are an employee, you report to your employer. They tell you you're supposed to be to work at such and such a time. You know you got to be there at 11 o'clock. But if you say, fuck that, I'm gonna show up at 11 15. That's you saying, fuck the contract, fuck the agreement. I don't care. I'm going to show up when I get there. If they say you get two weeks of PTO, you know that you have excused an excuse 10 days to where you won't get penalized. But if you want to be off for 12 days out the year, you made that executive decision to say, fuck the contract. I don't want to come in today. So you make that decision, but that doesn't change what the actual stipulations are within the rules or the contract and if you decide to go outside of that then that's on you so i just liken all of this to running as a business because it is at a business because it, there is money involved and when you have money involved it must operate like a business that's why so many people in the music industry get burned and feel like oh this person wasn't loyal to me this that and the third when they forgot about the business part it's called music business not just making the art but it's also business so if you don't understand that then when you see that you're not getting the percentage that you thought you should be getting or what you were worth or this, that, and that's the third, not the same. Well, maybe that's a false equivalent you're drawing because that's a contract. So. When you sign up for the music business, there's a contract in place already. When you sign up for a job, there's a template in place already, right? You're going to Girl, work. You just said they did. You just said that they were doing it for free. And now that money was involved and sponsors and this, that, and the third, you have now an obligation. People ain't paying you to not show up. Nobody pays you to not but show up. I'm not up. speaking so of the not show. Listen, sure, the not showing up is a result of the lines being blurred. So where they got to, where they're like with them, the friction is because the lines were blurred before that. Nigga, am I an employee or do I have equity in this shit? Because if I'm just an employee, I'm gonna take them two extra days off. That's that. That's what you're saying is, so if it's a business relationship, then I'm not gonna give a fuck and I'm gonna do my own thing. But if you saying you my man and we building something together, that's where I say, you know, I'm not gonna uh, do the company dirty and I'm gonna build equity with you. So I'm saying, but it's entitlement because like how did Parks just like Parks and Mall kind of came in around the same time and Parks is fine. I, don't, with I think Parks been there the feeling, whole time. So no, Parks wasn't there the whole time. Oh, he had, no. he had, because they, 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 they're doing that at his house now because Parks is 
Joe Button's engineer in his music career, so he can right. engineer the podcast. But prior to, they were recording at a uh, at a studio in Jersey, and they had an engineer by the name of Pat who used to do everything, and Parks had nothing to do with it. He was still his friend, but he had nothing to do with the pod. So gotcha. again, once something didn't work out with that, he decided to plug and play and say, okay, I have a relationship with this person who can do the same thing. Let me do this and like that. I just believe that, and I, we're definitely moving on. I just believe that um, Joe Button is the leader. I don't know what their splits are, but I'd be willing to bet that he gets more than everybody else. And I think that gives him more of a right to make decisions. I'll leave it at that. Speaking of people who have relationships and um, you know, helped you know, in building something, um, I want to talk about Irv Gotti for a second. So uh, Irv Gotti um, is a music mogul. He's great producer, all of these great things in the music business. Um, he is um, largely responsible for early success of DMX and him being um, discovered, as it relates to Leor Cohen and just all of these different things, he was that bridge um, that helped forge that relationship. Um, they've had a great relationship um, and they've been close throughout uh, each of their careers. Now, fast forward to DMX's untimely demise, there was an interview that Irv Gotti did with some other podcasts and he was speaking about information that he received as to how DMX actually died. Um, he said that it was allegedly crack. Uh, it was a bad batch of crack that was mixed with fentanyl. And that is what initially led to, I don't know if it was a heart attack or whatever, but after he had gotten to the hospital, they said that they diagnosed it as COVID. And, you know, he's just putting all of this information out there that it seemingly nobody else had actually heard or confirmed or the family hadn't confirmed. And so he received a lot of backlash for that. And um, he later came back and apologized. But Gert, uh, based on Irv Gotti's comments, um, how did you perceive them? Did you think he was right? Did you think he was wrong? What was your overall take on that whole situation? So I really can't speak on this until I get further clarification, which I haven't done yet, but I will at some point um, get a clearer understanding. Um, I, I am unaware of, um, and I don't, I don't want to speculate, so I'm gonna just leave it at that. Um, I have to get a better understanding of that whole Urugati situation. <laughs> but I'm saying what's your what but but what he said to the point of people having the backlash and saying, oh, you shouldn't have said this, you were out of line. Do you think that like like what is your thought about that? Because I mean it's the same thing where we're saying about Damon Jones, like they're trying to cancel him for one thing that it's he not says, the, and he it's not the same thing. No. Conceptually, you say something, you receive backlash for it, you apologize for it. This is what's happening with Irv Gotti. So I'm saying that that's not in that's, this 
that's not the same instance. Um, because of it being a death involved, um, it's it's there's a different protocol than just money. And for me, I would like to have a clearer understanding before I speak on this. All right, see what's your take? <laughs> wow, um, I just <laughs> I'm sorry, Gert, you're funny. All right, anyway, I just feel that I get what you're saying, kind of, because all right, we don't know what happened. You don't. Their relationship is different because he was very um, instrumental in DMX's career, and I doubt that he would say something that, like, I I don't think that he would create a false a false narrative when it comes to DMX. I'm going to assume that. But to say it uh, and to say it after his death, after his family didn't even say um, how he died or anything, I think that's tacky and I think it's classless. Um, I don't think that you should ever speak on someone else's, uh, you know, someone like how someone else died. Even if someone asked you, even if you were close to that person, I just think that those are things reserved for the family. And um, no one really needed to know that. I agree that you shouldn't do it before the family says it or confirms it. Once they say it and or. I don't even think you should do it after well, they do it. Like, cause that's not, that's out of respect for that person. If I respect you and you're my friend and this is what it is, I'm not going to speak about your demise and how you died. Like there's no need to speak that, about that. There's a, a need to, to just say like, we should have loved you more or, or anything. You could have said something like that. You don't have to go into that's detail. Fine. And I, and I, and I, and I could be cool with that. All I'm saying is I think that when you break the news, because it, this is being considered as breaking news because so many people like it wasn't, Swiss, but listen, listen to what I'm saying. Swiss beats came out and spoke out against it. Um, what did, what did Swiss say? I didn't see what Swiss said. I don't know exactly, but I did see he had commented under um, under one of those posts. He said, this is clown. I think he said clown shit and corny shit. He said it underneath a 50 cents right. post. Um, also, um, Kiss came out and called them a wing under the same post. So there are people who are also close to X who feel like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's the sentiment that I interpreted as. Like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? So because I interpret it that way, I'm saying if they or even furthermore, the family hasn't come out and said it or we haven't even gotten an autopsy or like nothing has officially, no official word has come out outside of whatever the initial reports were. We don't have an official word out. I think that it should be reserved for those, uh, whether it's the medical examiners or the family, I think the breaking of that news or the speaking of it in that regard should be reserved for them initially. And later on, if someone asks you about it or whatever the case may be, if a person decides to speak about it, I don't think that they're wrong for that. I'm not saying that that's what I would do, but I don't think that they're wrong for that. But I do think in this instance, I think that um, if it is true that everything that Herb Gotti is saying, I think that maybe the timing wasn't right. And I think that he should have waited until all of the information actually came out before just saying what he said. That's my opinion of it. So um, moving on 
on to music news or keeping it into music with the music. DJ Khaled dropped the album this weekend. And um, I listened to a few songs in the album, but I really wasn't feeling the album. I think that Khaled at this point, um, we know his MO was getting a bunch of artists together and making like the super mega song. Um, and he's been successful at that. He's gotten at least every album one or two mega smash hits with all of these big artists. Um, this song, I mean, this album, I think the song that they tried to roll out as that mega smash hit was the song with Jay-Z and Nas. And in my opinion, it was, it was under, it was an underwhelming performance. It wasn't, it wasn't what I was, was looking for, what I was expecting for a Jay-Z and Nas song. I think it was subpar. Um, and I just think overall, as far as Khaled is concerned and the album, um, I think that he may have lost a little bit of his steam. And um, I don't know if I'm checking for the next Khaled joint anymore, because at this point, it just seems like he's kind of going through the motions. So maybe he puts out music in the future to change my mind. But right now, I'm not interested because it just seems like he's going through the motions. Um, C, did you did you have a take? Um, I've, I have an opposite take. I've never really liked any of his albums ever. I've never really went out there and tried to listen to him. The only song that I really liked of his that he ever had was that Rihanna song. Wow, 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 wow. That was the only thing I liked. Yeah, I didn't like, I, I've never really been a, like even when he did that, all I do is win, I, I never cared. Um, even though they have been smashes and everything, I just think he gets a group of people and he gets them at their worst. Like, it's just like he could put a group of people together and not make them really sound good. Um, Did you like the Scissor song on the last no. album with the Outcast sample? You didn't like I that didn't song? listen to that. And I don't, I mean, I listened to it one time. I heard it in passing, but I don't like, I didn't like it. I didn't, I don't like all right, and I'm not trying to sound bad about it, but I don't like the way that he puts the artist with the music and the other artists. I don't like the way that he adds people together. I don't. You don't like no no new friends? That shit was no, wrong, no, I don't. Right. I don't. I didn't like Drake. I don't like singing Drake, and I didn't like Drake at that time. So it's. I mean, I just don't. I don't know. I just. I, I've never really been a fan of his like collaborations. Um. This Nas and Jay-Z song, it wasn't terrible. I, this was like one of the songs that I felt like it was okay. Um, it wasn't horrible. Um, yeah, but I heard the whole thing and I just was like, okay, this is like why I don't listen to it. I'm not trying to like be rude or anything. I mean, it's a demographic, no, I get that, it. but I just don't care. I get it. I get it. I, I The only DJ Khaled album that I actually listened to and I can go back to is the um, the major key album. That album is fire. Um, he had a lot of joints on that album. But even prior to then, I had never listened to a DJ Khaled album. But I did like DJ Khaled songs over the years. Like I liked the way I didn't even like how when it came out. Mm -hmm. I don't even like the way that he he put he positioned her, like her sound better than that there was one song i think it was a song with meek mill they tried to do song cry over um um 
Uh, not song cry. I think it was. I mean, uh, not song cry. Uh, Feel it in of, the air. It was a Benny Siegel song. Feel it in yeah. the air. It was that should never be touched. And they did do song cry over. They they sampled it a little bit with another song, but whatever. That was the Jay Z and Nas. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Gert, what's your take on the song, palette, all of that? I stand with C. <laughs> trash, dog. And that Nas and whole song is trash. Like it. When I heard that shit, it, it made me think of uh, uh, my whole system. Because you don't understand all the bullshit that he writes. <laughs> is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? <laughs> like, but I've been telling y'all y'all need to get hit boy the fuck away from Nas and put Lord Pro back next to him. And y'all don't uh, want to listen. So we're just going to keep getting this. I think it kind of it, it, is fucked up that he got the Grammy for the album that he did. And I don't know how long he's going to be chasing that shit. But it seems like he's chasing that Grammy shit. Well, why are you saying Hit Boy, though? Hit Boy didn't do this song. Because Hit Boy was next to him. And it's, oh my God. it's been downhill ever since you put Hit Boy next to him. All right, I guess. And that's no diss to... There's no oh, this the hit boy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's accurate. Uh I ain't like shit from him since hit boy been well, next to him. Yeah, yeah, I said, but I. You said it's accurate. Like, like, <laughs> like that's fact. Like <laughs> no, I said it's accurate that I ain't like shit since hit boy been Word. next to him. And it's I like, think it's been all downhill. But at with fairness to him. I don't think any rappers are, I mean, my definition of rappers are inspired by anything. I just think they making music. No, it hasn't been crazy. anything. I, I know. My I, opinion, I though. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think they're inspired? Hip hop. Like there's music out wait, that's in Wait, you said you don't think any hip hop artists. See, you cut me off before no, you even no, understood no, you what I was said saying. It. So I'm responding to what you said. I said, my rap artists, the '90s rappers, are not inspired by anything so, at this point. They're just making so, music. So, give me, give me like just three rappers. Who were you talking about that that you feel like are not inspired? Like '90s rapping. Jay Z, Nas, Jay Z, Nas, uh, fucking Fab, Jadakiss, uh, all of them who. So you don't like, think Jadakiss was inspired so to make what I'm music saying is, and make good music? Because you said his last album was his best album. I said nobody right now is inspired to make music. I don't think anybody today is inspired making music. I think you could still make good music without being well, inspired. Jadakiss's last album like when was, you go back was inspired to, by his friend who passed away. So that's not inspiration? I said by music. They're not inspired by music. There's no music out. Like when you go back to the 90s and Clue Tapes, when you heard niggas on the Clue Tape, it made you want to go right and step your pin game up. There's no music right now that comes out that's just so crazy that you want to go and work hard and be the best. All of the music out now is bullshit, so you have to pull inspiration from whatever you can pull inspiration from. It's not the music that's inspiring people. Like Jay-Z, 444, was inspired by family shit. 
um, you know, or, or it, it, the inspiration is not coming from their peers. It's just whatever they can pull from. So, to make so that's that's a knock on the artist then because they're not inspired by music. No, the music is suffering now. It, it, it's just I when you when I heard a whole verse or a Nas verse, I would be like, damn, that shit is amazing. Um, I need to rewind this and hear that again. I, I'm not doing that now. I don't know if I'm getting older or what, but the music is just not inspiring. I don't feel like they saying shit I can't say no more. Um, it, it's just a basic okay. music. I, I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah, that's that's cool. I was having a conversation about R&B this past weekend. Uh, I don't like the state of R&B, of new R&B. I mean, I like Jasmine Sullivan, but and I like her, but that's pretty much it. Maybe a Snow Allegra, but I'm not, and and like a, a Tiana Taylor, but I'm not getting that Brandy, Monica, you know, uh, just Tamia, you know, there's no like Anne Marie, there's, there's no 90s R&B that I love. Like I need something that I could feel, you know, and I'm not getting that. So I, I feel the same way because everyone sounds the same. Everyone has that airy voice. I, I don't like R&B. I don't even listen to new R&B like that. I really don't. I, I listen to old school R&B. Well, I, I don't even listen to new I listen, like, go ahead. I listen to it all, but um, there's a few artists that are out today that that I think are dope and that I listen to. Like, I mean, the, the ones that you named, like Snow and all of them, like, yeah, but like, I like, um, I like Masego. Masego was dope. I like Sir. I don't even know how to spell that. So it's cool. It's cool. It. But I'm just telling you about some new R&B that you might not be familiar with. I like Sir. I'm Sir, not Sir is dope. Like, um, I like Ari Lennox. Like, there's there's quite a... Yeah, she's right. I mean, I'm just telling you people that I like. And it's cool. I mean, you know, it's difference of opinion or whatever. But I do think... I, I it, do think that... But are you being inspired by it? You You like it. I'm saying, does it make you... Like, so, you know, okay, so music for me, music, right? music for me um, has to has to be able to um, accompany my mood. And if I'm in a certain vibe or I just want to stay in a certain vibe, I put on certain music. And a lot of these, like all of the artists that I name, they all fit. Like I can play Sir and put her right after and put um snow allegra snow allegra right after and put uh like i can put these artists all on the playlist and have it because they all sound the same that's why that's why you can do that and they all reach the same well, vibe when you're on different monica was not on the same currency as the Marie or whatever like i need or mary J or mariah like i need that, those that's, frequencies that's i don't need this that, that's Flat but line. that's fine because what I'm saying is this. <laughs> need a heart what I'm saying is this. Down. If you put a playlist together, the point of a playlist is for it to flow a certain way. So if you're putting a playlist together, you're going to put songs that fit a certain vibe. Like, yeah, it may be some up-tempo. I'm saying it may be some up-tempo and some medium-tempo, slower-tempo, but it's still kind of satisfying a certain vibe. So I can put an Aiden Marie song next to a Mary J. Blige song and it still be in sync with a certain vibe like because they make different types of songs is what i'm saying so 
but you you listen so those people yes. you named I'm <laughs> you listening to their whole album or you just listening to songs the from people them? I named I'm listening to their projects I'm listening to I'm like listening to jump. Snow's whole shit I'm listening to Sir's whole shit anything Masego touches is fire like I'm listening to these people like I'm listening to these people so I mean you may not be familiar and that's fine or you may not care and that's fine too but I'm just saying that I do think that there is um, a lot of R&B music out there that is dope. I do believe that the sound of R&B has changed. And you feel that same way with, with rap too or not? Not as much, no, no, no. I'm listening to more older rap with a sprinkle of some newer stuff in there, but no. I listen to more newer rap than I listen to older. Well, I mean, maybe no. Who you, it's kind who of- you listening to, see? What new niggas? See, I all right. I listen to <laughs> I listen to Dirk. I like Dirk. Um, I listen to Lil Baby. I like Lil Baby a lot. Um, I listen to as far as like Roddy Rich, um, uh, Moneybag Yo. I like him. I listen to Dolph. I listen to Key Glock. I listen to Lil TJ. I listen to um, like a lot of. I, I don't and, and you doing whole albums or um, just songs from these Corday. people I listen to Corday I like um I like I listen to albums sometimes like if it come out like I, I like Moneybag yo I just listen to his whole album I listen to um Dolph's whole album I listen to albums from now because it's music that I could like vibe to and listen to and do stuff with. Like if I'm going that's on a road trip, that's because you're, you're in the streets. Yeah. That's why you listen to all of it. You in the streets. You're moving them things up and down the uh, Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, and I still take a listen to you know like the new Meeks and stuff that come out, or the new Drake or Future and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, like I mean, I, I just. I have to. It's a lot of it's a lot of music out there, like, and I mean, a lot of it, a lot of people don't care about. And like I said, that's that's cool because I I agree that like <laughs> like new hip hop as a whole, yeah, I'll probably just say this shit is trash. But like some of them artists that she named, like, <laughs> yeah, I got a question though is is it over? Is it over for uh, you know, the class before this class? Um, your Cole Kendrick Wale, them niggas. I think are, nah. are they phasing well, they've been out? Phasing out. I think they don't. It's not a priority. Well, I just like listen that. to Wale. Yeah, but I, I listen to Wale new songs and stuff. I like them. Still. I think that I, no, but Cole, I mean, as far as being the premier so, so listen, artist, like I, is to answer is, your question. I think nah. that I think that there it's quote unquote over because they say it's over because they disappear. But when they drop, everything stops. If Kendrick drops today everybody's going to stop. Like, if Cole drops today, everybody's going to stop. So, I don't... If, if Drake drops today, everybody's going to stop. I don't... So, but wait, let me ask. Not including Drake, right? Uh, you Kendrick, Cole, Wale... Everybody's not going to stop if, if Wale they drop. No, no, no. But I'm saying if they... I Let's say Kendrick and Lil Baby drop on the same day. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, if we looking at album, you know how yeah. albums were, yeah. like how Kanye and Fifty dropped on the same day? day. Yeah, who you think Kendrick. I had a bigger day, Kendrick, Kendrick. and Lil Baby? I yeah, you think he'd have a yes, a bigger Lil, day than Lil, Lil Baby. I think Lil yes. Baby will acknowledge that Kendrick is a bigger artist than him, and 
little baby, I can't speak to what the he, I can't, yeah, I can't speak to what he likes or who he listens to, but I, I, I would assume that he knows that Kendrick is bigger than him. And like she said, the anticipation, we haven't heard from Kendrick in like three, four years from as far as the album is concerned. When he rapped on, um, he just rapped on somebody's album. Everybody was like, oh, the Kendrick verse. So it's still a thing and people are still waiting. People are still waiting for Kendrick. It wasn't even a verse, was it? It was a verse. It was like I think was Lil saying. Baby. Oh. I think Lil Baby would do better numbers just because Kendrick fan base is but a little Kendrick's older fan base is bigger. and they probably got more Kendrick shit going on. Because Kendrick's fan base, yeah, 100%. It, really? Come on, bro. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. His fan base is bigger. It's way bigger. He did like Coachella or something. I, I, I don't yes. know. I'm asking. It's, I'm it's, not arguing. I'm just, I, I'm saying as, as people age and, you know, you get more shit to do in life, you're not running out checking for the new music. I believe Lil Baby fans is present right now. And when he drops, they check in for him right now. Whereas Kendrick fans are going to get to it after no. they get off work or, Hell no. you know, Hell they, no. they no. doing more Hell shit no. in life. Hell I'm I know, just saying I, I, but I'm telling you, you were asking, I think, I, I'm telling yeah. you, hell no, because yeah. Kendrick Lamar is still King Kendrick. Like he's still, he's still that big mega superstar and Kendrick Lamar, it's the anticipation for people. Like, so nobody's going to get to him when they get to him. No, that shit, when that shit come out at 12 o'clock, everybody's going to listen to it. Everybody's going to be talking about it on Twitter. Everybody's going to be going crazy. They'll do that for a little baby. Little baby's that nigga. And he's he's really rising in this game as a, a new young king. But he's not Kendrick Lamar yet. He hasn't done what he's done. And furthermore, he doesn't have as wide a reach as Kendrick Lamar does. Kendrick Lamar crossed over. Little baby didn't cross over. Little baby, not that's not to say he doesn't have white fans, but he hasn't crossed over to the pop superstar of Kendrick Lamar. Absolutely not. No, no way, no how. All right, so um, C had to um had to uh step off, but um before we do get out of here, I do want to ask um uh, a few more things. So just like um, it kind of ties into the uh Joe Button conversation a little bit, but um the question of should you expect your friend to have a certain le level of respect for you when you're speaking business, um. I feel like I will answer that question. So me as me, jurors, but life as I see it, we have the life as I see it podcast. And I have always been a person who I don't want to do anything by myself. Um, with the clothing line that we have, Rico Giovanni, it was an idea where it's like, look, we don't want to do this by ourselves. Let's all come together and let's build something with the podcast. It's like, look, I want to do a podcast. I think it'd be dope, but I don't want to do like a diary style podcast. That's whack. I want my friends and my people to be a part of it. So I, you know, reached out to my people and say, yo, let's do it. And so I respect my friends as friends and I operate and I always have operated with those lines not being blurred due to transparency. I operate in transparency. I don't do things 
behind people's back and then say, oh, yo, I, yo, I did this and we got to be here. Like I asked, hey, what do y'all think about this? Do you think we should do that? What are your suggestions? What are your thoughts? Everybody gives their input and then we all collectively come to a decision. So that's how I operate in business with my friends. And that is how I show respect for my friends when operating in business. So I think that me personally, I just decide to combine the two with full transparency. But you're, what do you think? Do you think that you should operate with a certain level of respect when you're dealing with your friends in business? Yeah. Um, friends in business is hard. It's a tough sell. You know, um, I personally, and I'm not gonna, I'll just say I personally put relationships over money. Agreed. Um, but I, I say that knowing most people don't. Um, you know, there's been so many examples of that. You know what I'm saying? So I always, um, it, 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 it's just a touchy subject. It, it's a slippery slope. Is it a slippery and, slope um, for you or is it a slippery slope speaking to other people? No, for dealing, for me dealing with people, because I know where I stand. People or your friends? You know what I'm that's saying? Different. Well, both, yeah, my friends. Tell me how. So I, th this, because I know what I'm going to do, and I can only hope to know so what you'll in, do. So in, in the spirit you of know, hope, is there any initiative on your part to, or you feel any obligation to, have a conversation to clear up you can have but you can have all of the conversations in the world right like i i i always resort back to money and violence right if you look at money and violence they created a show to teach people principles and having some sort of moral compass and you know, not letting money divide you, and then as soon as the money came, right. divided them. Like, like that's the that's the most craziest shit. Well, not the most crazy, but that's some crazy well, shit. Like, let's even keep yeah. it with, with us, right? Like, so being transparent, like we talk all of the time off air about a whole bunch of shit, but also about the pot. Yo, what you think about this? What you think about that? Yo, how about we do this? Let's try this approach. Um, and all different ways to brainstorm about making the pie better. And we have those conversations. We go back and forth all the time. You think, yo, we should not, nah, yo, let's just do it. Let's just go here. And I'm like, eh, yeah, well, let's wait for that. But after that discord, we still end on, okay, we end on some sort of agreement to where we're both satisfied and say, all right, let's do this together. So with that example, I'm saying, this may not, or maybe it's the only, you know, example that you have currently of business and friends, or maybe you have others in the past or other plans for the future. But I'm saying, even with this example alone, I can attest to you doing that. You not just saying, yo, this is what we doing, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not hoping, you're not, you're not thinking something and then hoping that everybody else thinks the same thing. You think something, you bring it up, you present it. We all chime in on what we feel and think. 
and then we figure out a way to accomplish the goal. So you do, in my opinion. <laughs> this nigga try to speak. I, I, I get you trying to speak for other people, but, this is, but you so, got to make it real for yourself. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm saying, like, right. And I, I don't know what you was thinking I was saying or not saying, but when money comes in, I you can only hope people do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when 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 I just you, we've seen so many examples. Like motherfucking fat boys broke up, dog. Right. Like you know, once uh motherfucking um you know every group when them splits come, motherfuckers be feeling Facts. different, and it's well, like you you have to understand who you are, what you are. And you know, and I I don't know some you know some of these splits could have been for the right reason. Some of them I don't assume to say they all were you know they all could have worked it out or they all couldn't have worked it out either. You know, it's just learning from your past and fucking making the right steps going forward. Like I said earlier, the difference between being right and being righteous. You know I, I, what I'm saying? No, you're right. I, I know. Like I said, my experience with Rico Giovanni. We split literally on paper with our LLC. Everything is split evenly. So we all, we make money. Everybody has an even split. You want to leave the company? All right. You leave with your percent. That's even to what I have, what's even to what he has and so on and so forth. And that's cool with this podcast. Yeah. We, we not in no, we don't have like a big sponsor or, or anything like that yet. But um, I get emails all of the time. Hey, I'm so and so. Would you like to do this? And da 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 da. Like, I could be sneaky and fucking take some opportunity, and then no. But what do I do? Like, I told you about one of them a few weeks ago. Yo, so and so hit me about this. They want to know so and so could be a guest on the show. Da 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 da. What do you think? So even still, even if the opportunity is is funneled through one individual, that's either myself or somebody else. I think that the way that we operate thus far is we fucking include everybody and you know we, we operate like the locks though the only group that never broke up i not that's cool that's cool because rico giovanni never broke up so we we here <laughs> we here shouts to shouts to rico key shouts to Quam, man Mr. aka mr giovanni but um yeah and um lastly um just something like just uh before we get out of here um sports take real quick um real brief cuz i know you a dallas fan did you see any of the draft picks that we got nah i catch the draft after the fact yeah, any yeah. nigga who could sit and watch the whole draft is a weird nigga dog <laughs> look so <laughs> but did you see like after the fact cuz that was last week did you see i anything? ain't catch not Nah, I, today would be the day I uh, go and get a brush to everything. Right. There's been enough picks and shit for me to actually yeah. dig in at this point. All right, so know? what do you think? But I did want to touch on the Floyd Mayweather shit, and I think we did already. But um, I just want to tell niggas, leave Floyd alone and let that nigga pick them bags up. Fucking millions upon millions of dollars to do half the work. I don't understand what niggas is mad at. Yeah. Any nigga being mad at Floyd for picking up these checks is a hater, and they just hate great. Yeah, like the nigga did it all. 
what the fuck is you mad at? Let that nigga get them, pick all of them, pick up all that money, dog. And, and furthermore, be mad at the motherfuckers who's taking it because if you feel like, I mean, obviously they're doing it for the money, but if you feel like, yo, you sure you want to fight this nigga or get knocked out by this nigga? Like, if anything, I could only see you being mad at the opponents, but not Floyd. Floyd ain't got nothing to prove. Floyd is the best. Floyd make the most money. Floyd does everything to the highest power and... And so what if he's a little arrogant? Like, you may not like that, but whatever. You ain't got to like everything. But, like, to hate on it is to not respect it. And to not respect it is to hate on it. So I just think that that's, that's whack. And I ain't, I don't got a problem with it either. I do think you're going to beat the shit out of Logan Paul. <laughs> but um, niggas, whatever. Niggas just want to see him lose, though, dog. It's, it's people are mad. That he, he never, never lost the fight. And he never will. And they want to <laughs> see him. Yeah, they want to see him get in there with somebody who could beat them. Who could beat him. No, nigga, I'm retired. Right. It's no different than if you a nigga who hoop and you going to fucking play ball. Would you uh, uh, like the big three? Nah, I don't play in the big three. Yo, you still need to play in the NBA. If you if you can still play basketball, you don't need to play in the big three. You need to play in the NBA. The fuck are y'all talking about, right. nigga? No, I'm gonna go play this three man and catch a couple of dollars. What the right. fuck are y'all talking about? Right. Yeah, I don't understand what the problem is either. Um, and 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 Floyd got like under like over like 200 boxers under his promotion team too. So like he just eating all the way around. He owns like nine skyscrapers in New York City. Like that man is living his life. And niggas hate great though. Yeah. You're gonna tell me how I, I could get money. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, don't get money like this, nigga. Get get money where you could die. Get money where you put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. Don't collect but, no easy but look, check. For their entertainment, though. <laughs> yeah, niggas is weird, though. I don't understand niggas. Niggas be weird. Yeah. I don't know either, but it is what it is. Um so yeah, just to circle back real quick, I think that with the whole, with our picks and all that, I feel like our first round draft pick, super legit. Micah Parsons, he's that nigga. Linebacker, he's that deal. He's definitely going to upgrade the defense. Um, we needed that too. 1,000%. We didn't pick up uh, Van Der Esch's fifth option, so um, he's still on the team, but he ain't been reliable. He's been hurt all the time. He so he, 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 after this year, he's probably gone. Um, and yeah, and we got, you know, him for a bargain deal for the next three, four years. Um, we picked up a couple DBs, but nobody that I'm really like super excited about. I, hey, I don't know. One thing I was, uh, you know, I get him, uh, a shout out the I am athlete podcast. I was checking out yeah, and I heard them niggas say something interesting. They were saying, you know, the first round draft picks don't come in as hungry right as the later draft picks and i found that to be interesting it's mm -hmm. like you know you when you make it in the first round you feel a little bit complacent and where niggas who fall to them later rounds be feeling like they gotta eat. fuck this i got something to prove right like, right you know um, Re reason being is because in the nfl your money's not guaranteed so when you right. drafted in the first round, you make the most money. And for them coming from nothing, it's like, nigga, I'm up. And I all but all but guaranteed to have a starting spot unless it's a position like quarterback or something like that. Most times, the rookies in the first round 
they're going to start. They're going to play. So you're going to get paid. You're going to play. You got all of these other opportunities. So I could see that. Not that it's okay, but I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Um, but I think the biggest or the best thing to do is to just treat it like a job. You know, shouts to my man who was drafted um, and who had played for the Steelers for five years. Like we had conversations all the time, and you know, he used to, he didn't, he never got caught up in the whole NFL thing. He was like, "Yo, yeah, I got to go to work. Like I'm going to work." Like he literally treated it like a job, and I think that helped in putting everything in, in perspective because you got to think when you see all that money hit your account, what the fuck a nigga going to say to you? Like, what you going to say? I'm broke. What you going to say? I can't do like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you got to check yourself. You got to check those impulses immediately or else we didn't see the 30 for 30 when, when all these athletes go broke, like that can happen. And if you're not under control and if you don't have the right mindset, it will happen. So for all of the first round draft picks, I think they should have more of, and they do have like rookie seminars and all of that stuff, but I think that they should even have more of that. And I don't know how much they do have, but they should have more of that in college, um, especially for those who are, you know, projected to go first round, second round, like, you know, you're going to come into a lot of money, financial literacy, like these should be requirements in your curriculum, fuck an elective. You know what I mean? Fuck somebody doing it on the side like a tutor. That needs to be a requirement in your curriculum because if you get all of this money, nine times out of ten, especially people from our community, we don't know nothing about no money and how to handle millions of dollars. Like, we ain't never had that. We first generation of, of wealth. So we are not going to know. And I think that that's another form of, you know, systematic racism because they find a way to create a system to where they can get that money back. You look at in the NBA, a player dunks. And if he, if he yelled too loud, they might tee him up. He just expressing himself. He just got off on a good play, but you're giving him a technical foul. And now you argue too much. Now you get two texts and thrown out, you get fined. You know, if you say something in the NFL uh, press conference, you know, say something about the referees or something, you get fined. If you're late for a meeting, well, that may be a little different because you're supposed to be on time contractually, whatever. But I'm just well, saying, even they if find, you say something about the refs, you get fined. You get fined. Like, so it's all different types of ways to keep you in check, keep you in and, line. But, and what's crazy about that is you have to talk. Yeah. And you can be fined for what you said. And that's the genius of Marshawn Lynch. That's the genius of Marshawn Lynch. He sat there. Um, I don't know what the minimum amount of time or a minimum. There's a certain amount of questions that you have to ask or you have to be there a certain amount of time. So he stood there for his minimum and he responded the way he saw fit. But you can't say he didn't do it. You can't say he didn't respond. You can't say he was disrespectful because just like when you're in court, if you say you plead the fifth, that is a right. You know what I'm saying? That's a right. That's not obstruction of justice or anything like that. Like that's a right. So if you reserve your right, however you decide to reserve it, but you still do it, it don't matter if the next person likes it. It just matters that you do it. So I just think that all of these stipulations and fines is just rules that are instilled to get the money back from us that they don't want to give us in the first place. They just want us to go out there and be their entertainment. That's it. That's why the music business is so shady, because no, you can sing around, you can dance around, you can rap your little lyric. You can do all of this cute shit and, and, and keep me entertained. But yeah, I'm robbing you on the splits. Um, I'm going to get 85% of this or I'm going to get 90% well, of this for the I, next 30 years. 
we gotta we gotta touch on um that whole thing. Hold on, hold on one second. I gotta take this. What? Hold up. Oh. Oh shit. All right, well, while he um taking his call, just make sure that um as a reminder that y'all subscribe to our podcast on Apple and on Spotify. Make sure that you rate it on Apple. Make sure y'all leave a comment on Apple. Make sure that you are shopping for your candles at luxcollectionllc.com. Um, and, you know, I talk about this every week. And I'm really not gassing it. Like, I'm really not gassing it. Like, the candles smell amazing. They burn forever. Um, they popping. They the shit. Definitely um, call some. And I think them shits is popping. The car freshener joints is dope, too. But uh, my fault, before I was interrupted and shit, I was saying um, the record labels are definitely standard practice. Is crazy. I, I don't want to say crazy. I would say um, needs to be looked at, right? But as far as people, I'm willing to bet. Because uh, I was looking at uh, Birdman or whatever, and his contract was good. He, his From out the gate, he had a good contract when you look at I would say that, Prince, that's my point yeah. but that's my point so how are they raping you if you're not negotiating right well that's my but, argument but is you can, you can is, only negotiate off of leverage in business that's and, but that's my argument but and but see you but, don't have the leverage so you accept their terms where you could work to gain leverage and then come back at a later date where you can get the terms you want. Yeah, that so may be you true, but accept something and then be mad at me because you accepted it. Maybe true, yes, in the beginning. But what I'm saying is the reason why everything is so fucked up is because, all right, you accept terms in the beginning, you you work your way to a certain point of leverage, and now. You want to go back to the drawing board to renegotiate. It happens in sports all of the time. You sign a three, four-year contract. After two years, you restructure the deal. You renegotiate terms because you balled out, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm saying in the music business, they make that virtually impossible because they That's like- That's not true. That That's is not true. true. That is true. That's not true. That is true. When you true. look at niggas like 50 Cent, 50 when you Cent? look at niggas like Nelly, they off after their first album doing the numbers that they did, they was able to come back and do other shit. Now check it's it, that niggas two, don't name, do no, but you name no. If you look at Ludacris and what he did with DTP, niggas are putting. If you look at what Eminem did with D12, niggas are doing it. But you have to sell in order to do it. You have to put these niggas back in the green in order for them to be willing to deal with you. If you, if I'm still losing off of this, then why? What are we negotiating? Understood. I'm still but down. But we spoke about Anita Baker a few weeks ago. Now it's supposed to yeah. be so that after a certain amount of years, 
you have the right to get your master's or get your master's back, whether you buy it back or whatever the case may be. They are giving her a hard time. Now, I'm quite sure that Anita Baker has sold whatever it is that she needed to sell in order for her to, for, in order for the record company to recoup so, 10 well, times over. We don't know. I, I agree with you, right? And I can't speak on that because I don't know what the fuck going on with that. I don't have any details on why they're trying to um, keep her shit, but I, I imagine that she's gonna get her shit back, um, you know, shortly. They just never expected anybody to make it to that point where the shit resorted back to them. Well, so even if you I'm, look at Cam, Cam said, and this is recent, Cam said um, that, yeah, you can do that. You can renegotiate after a certain amount of years legally. But a lot of times when people are coming to them, they're straight up telling them no, which is why people are going back and re-recording their albums. Right. So, or their because music. Because you don't, but yours, what it is, is your side of the deal don't look as good as my side of the deal. Of right. So not. when you want to, I bet it's if not they about, it's, not about, it's not about, it's not about fairness. That's what I'm it's saying. It's about making it's about making an offer I can't refuse. It's about no. It's about, that's how you. No, it's about letting, they're not keeping it. They, it they're not keeping it just to keep it. Keep if it you make a nigga an offer, yeah, because I'm not. It, it, you have to. So Anita Big is different. What Cam is talking about and what Anita Big is talking about is two separate different things, right? Yes. Anita Baker, her shit was it's up. yo, you own this shit till 2021. It's 2021. Give me my shit. Right. That's different than, okay, I'm not in a position where I was willing to sign my life away for pennies. No, that's I not have what he's pennies saying. now. That's, that's not what he's saying, though. He's saying that- You can? Yeah, there was a certain statute of limitations. I think it's maybe eight years after you record a certain song or project or whatever. Seven. It's seven, seven years. Seven years. So, okay, so after seven right. years, you can go but what in- I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying is if we look at Puffy and 112, Right. I don't want to look. I want to no, Let's keep it on Cam. Let's keep it on Cam because I, I brought that. I'm that speaking. I'm speaking to Cam, but I'm saying what the label did to make that project. Right. So when you look at what Diddy put into 112 to make a 112 album, they go to Dev Jam. The value drops on them. Right. So now you're saying I paid this person. I put you in this studio. I did all of these things to make these albums. These are partially my albums too, right? So now you're coming to me saying, I want my shit back. I say, cool, give me X amount of dollars for your shit back. Mm -hmm. It's different than when you are coming to me and saying, hey, you should just be that nice guy and give me my shit back. I still didn't recoup what I spent on them. I so don't, I don't like, yeah. a, I, I agree, I agree there. I don't, if you have, if you still in the red, then you gotta relax. I'm not speaking to them. I'm I'm more so speaking to the people who aren't in the red anymore who were saying, hey, look, and you're, supposed, to buy yeah, shit you, you're supposed to be able, I'm supposed to be able to do this now at this point. I made what I made for you, this, that, and the third, but you're not being fair. And granted, business isn't always but fair. But what's not fair? But wait, what you're saying is not fair. What's not seven fair? years, you can record your shit over. Go record your shit over. I'm still gonna hold on to this. Until you can offer me something worth me selling this to you. So it, it, it's, I look at both sides of the coin, right? You're saying, yo, seven years, 
I could go just fucking, I, in seven years, I could stand across the street with the same product and sell it. I might say, nigga, go ahead. Your voice ain't, the, for R&B acts, your voice ain't the same. That's why Joe Buttons is, you know, doing the shit he doing on his show, making fun of them. Rap is a little different though. You know what I'm saying? Rap, it may be, I, I'd like to see rappers doing their shits over and seeing how they sound. But, um, I don't want to hear that. I just <laughs> rappers is still could be the same. I don't want to hear. I I already like. I'm, saying, I'm already fine tuned to how it sounds. Just I like what I like. It's just that's it. I like I'm you just in saying, dog. I I look at both sides of the argument, and I side with the artists, but I understand the labels' uh, argument uh, for some cases. You know, when when you came in. You ain't want nothing. All you wanted to do was get your music out. I gave you a studio. I did all of these things for you to live your dream. I So the analogy I use is like right now, if, if a nigga came to you and told you, your jurors, I'll pay you $2 million a year. And all you got to do is make music. Make it when you want, how you want. Give me the music, $2 million a year. Would you be open to that? I would want to know more. I would ask some questions. I would be open to it initially because it sounds great, but I would want to ask some questions because I would want to know, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? I would have questions. Okay, so you said $2 million for me to $2 make- $2 million a year for you to make music and give it to me. For how long um, will I have the opportunity to own it Until ever? Until you get tired of it. Will I have Until you get tired of it. Will I have the opportunity to own it ever? Like, all these, like, I would want to know more I just want you- to make music and give it to me. But that's me that's signing, it. that's make that I'm signing a blind contract. This is what I'm saying. Like, okay. and I would so, need more information personally. All right, best case scenario. You I'll, you get it back 10 years. All of the shit you giving me, mm-hmm. you get it back in 10 years. I just need it for 10 years. 2 million a year for 10 years for you to make music. I right now, bet, today. I might bet on myself. I'll, I'll take it and I'll tell you why. The reason okay, why, so wait, 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 wait. I'm wait, gonna hold tell on. You, no, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell I'm you. with you. Whatever, whatever reason, I'm just saying, this is my argument be, whatever reason, whatever you come to with yourself, you'll say, hey, I'll take that $2 million a year, right? But then if you found out they paying you $2 million, but they taking your shit over here and making $20 million off of it. Mm-hmm. You going to feel the same about them giving you $2 million off of it? I'm already going to know what I'm... I'm already gonna know and understand that they're waking, they're making way more than me. I, I'm already coming in understanding that. And the reason why I would take that now is because I have confidence in my ability to take that two million that I'm getting from them and turn that into four, five, six by me doing other things and, and venturing off. So well, I wouldn't just be my argument from me be you right, right? But you're looking at it from yourself. Most people. We'll take that two million with no problem. Right. But then when they find out they're making more off of selling it, it's like, well, hey, I deserve more if you're making that off of it. Yeah, that's foolish. Which is that's foolish to me, a little crazy. It's yeah, foolish. It's because foolish. if they're giving you two million for it, it's obvious that they're gonna make more money off of it. Yeah, if you, you know make, what I'm you saying, make, you making whatever, so you I just making whatever you make an hour at your job or salary at your job a year. You have to know and understand if you're making five, six figures a year 
you got to know and understand that the company's making seven, eight figures a year. Like that should just already be a foregone most conclusion. People, most people don't know that. I, I know. I, you're right. You, you, you're you'd right. be surprised. You're right. But why wouldn't they know that? Because I, I don't know. I don't understand that because it's just like you don't give away money that you can't afford to lose. Right. But people don't understand that. This is why people are, they get mad at, you know, it, it, we was just talking about, uh, you know, I, I, me understanding record labels and the shit that they be doing. That's all I was saying. I'm not like, saying uh, I don't understand it. I'm just, I, I don't think it's right, but I understand the business is business. Right. I, but I, I we, that gets thrown around. Like it, it, people don't never talk about how much money record labels lose off of signing somebody and they don't do shit. Yeah, nobody, but nobody like, talks about a, the losses because nobody cares unless it's other companies who are in competition with the company. But the, the but the people don't care about that shit. They only care about the headlines that's juicy that say, oh shit, he made this and y'all was making that. Oh, that's not right. Because people are fickle and they're closed-minded and they don't understand to your point. But somebody with a clear mind and a clear understanding of just the way that the world works, the way that business works, the way that all of these things work, they shouldn't have an issue with that. So see, the question was that he asked me was, if I was offered... $2 million a year to make to make music and after 10 years I can get my shit back would I take it and initially I said I would need to see I would need more information but then I said you know what I would take the deal and the reason why I would take the deal is because I would have confidence in myself to turn that two million into three four five six a year by other things that I'm doing and I wouldn't just be getting paid from whatever two million that they giving me. I know that they're going to make way more off of me. I know that my music or album sales or this, that, and the third, but if I got a guaranteed 2 million, yeah, I personally would take that because I have confidence in myself. Are you asking me that question? Like, would I take it? Um, I know you're not going to take it. So. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> thank you for knowing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want nobody having control over my stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not taking it. But Sorry. I don't think it's control. I don't like people playing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I don't have, I don't, I don't like, I, I, I just don't like selling stuff because just like we said, you know, when you give people power over your stuff, they have the power to cancel you off of one thing that you do. When you move independently, you have the control of your own, you know, you control your own destiny. You can prevent your own forest fires. I agree. That. And, and that's why I said I need so more information. So I would never. Because like, what, because what if it's like, what if it's a situation where it's like, oh, well, if I don't like the terms and I want to leave, I get nothing. Now I got to think about that a little more. You know what I'm saying? But just in a vacuum, just just assuming that everything is cool, like you make music, you got a guaranteed two million uh, every year, as long as you put out two albums a year. Yeah, I'm gonna take that because I, I I know I can make more money. Like. I know I can make more money. I can, but what about if you make some music and you say "Slip Molly y'all in her drink? She ain't even know it. And now they want to cancel your contract at any given time and you don't get your money. Like, it's just certain things but, that but again, I just... But again, I'm, I'm, I'm a different... I, I just have a different understanding of how things work. So I, I know how to play 
the game if I needed to play the game. And in that instance, I can do other things. Like music wouldn't even have to be my my main thing that I do. I can give you, I can give you what 28 songs a year. Like I can do that. I can absolutely do that. 28 songs for the next 10 years. I can do that. That's not a problem. Cause they're not saying you got to sell a certain amount or you won't get the 2 million. They're not saying like, so again, like all of these different things play into to fact. So if I, if I feel like the overall deal is just like, nah, like you basically trying to get me to do the most for the least. And it's damn near an impossible feat to hit every year for the next 10 years. I wouldn't take it. But if it's as simple as yo, you get this guaranteed too. Just give us two albums a year, and you have to give us no less than two albums a year. Yeah, I, I, I'll take that. I would take that. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, not for the last time, but for the last time this week, I want to res- uh, remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Make sure that you shop for your smell goods and your candles at LuxCollectionLLC.com. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. And until next time, anything Rico. Sublime. It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines. Niggas, take off your coats. Ladies, act like gems. Sit down. Indian styles, you recite these hymns. See? Rico music, Rico music, Rico music. Rico music.